John chapter 21. Amen? John chapter 21. I didn't know what I was going to be preaching this morning until I got my message this morning. So this ought to be something to uh, see. In John chapter 21, going to verse 22. 21-22. Jesus said unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren that, that the disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said unto him, He shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Father, I thank you this morning for your word. Lord, I ask that your word would touch our hearts this morning. Lord, that your word would bring new life to us this morning. Revive our hearts, Lord. Lord, that we would go about your business. Father, doing what you have directed us to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Here we see Peter asking Jesus how John would die. And Jesus replied... That Peter should not be concerned about or should not concern himself with this matter. You see, we tend to compare our lives to those of others, whether to rationalize our own level of devotion to Christ or to question God's justice. Jesus responds the same way. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. You see, these are, I believe these are eight words, very strong words that can change your life if you let it. You see, first we have to look at the question and then the command. The question is, what is that to thee? What is it your business? And the command is what? Follow thou me. Jesus is telling us to follow him. You know, church, if we focus more on following Jesus than the things that are going on around about us, you can imagine the change that you would have in your life. Amen. You see, it's not always about this person's life or that person's life. It's about what are you doing to follow Christ? Because this is a new chapter in Peter's life. Remember, he left everything to follow Christ. And when Christ goes to the cross, what does he do? He denies him. Not once, not twice, but three times. And after the resurrection, what does he do? He goes fishing. Not fishing for men either. He went out on the boat and went fishing. So the setting of the scene of this question when Jesus responds to him, remember when he goes fishing and he comes back to the shore, what does Jesus say to him? Do you love me more than these? 
Remember that? You see, so many times I believe we're too focused on other Christians and what they're doing. And does that line up with the Word of God? Or does this line up with the Word of God? Rather than focusing our own life on the Word of God. Following His direction. Considers the Lord's question if you're allowing another person to keep you from trusting and serving Him. Now we are in a sensitive area. So many look at others' failures. And you know who people focus on failures the most? The people who are in the pulpit. Because see, when a man in the pulpit seems to fall, there's a great multitude of people that have something to say about it. But the scripture reminds us of this one little verse that Christians avoid so much. Anybody remember what it is? Mary tells you to pull the plank out of your own eye before you begin to focus on another. Amen. We don't do that. We look at we look at all the planks and all the eyes of all those around us. We, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm right before the Lord. But the God, the God of the Bible reminds us there are none righteous, not none. There's none good. Whoo! Man, when you begin to focus that on yourself, then you're like, whoa, wait a minute, what did I do? You see, we, we have to remember that we're not accountable for the sins of others. Everyone shall give an account of him or herself. Paul tells us in Romans 4, 14, 12. So then everyone shall give an account of himself to God. So we're reminded, church, we're reminded that we're going to be given an account. The person closest to you may be keeping you from Christ. Maybe it's the failure of your wife or husband. Maybe it's the failure of your boss or your neighbor. Or perhaps a brother or sister. You see, we have to look past the failures of others and we have to begin to look to Christ. When your brother stumbles or your sister stumbles, don't go to them and say, you know, the Bible says this and this and this. <clears throat> How about you go to them and say, I need to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want to help you to get back on your feet. I want to help you to get back where you need to be with the Lord Jesus Christ and not be weighing them down with all the guilt and the shame of the sin that they've committed. So many times we miss the mark because we're pointing out others' failures then rather than lifting them up to Christ. What are we supposed to be doing in the body of Christ? Tearing down? No, we're supposed to be edifying. We're supposed to be building one another up, lifting one another up to the Lord, praying for one another. How many honestly can say, I have prayed for my brother and sister today in the Lord. I have prayed for those in the church this week. How many can say they do that on a consistent basis? As your pastor, there have been days I have missed. 
So there you go. I'm not perfect. But what is my goal? My goal every day is to, is to pray for the body of Christ. To pray for each one of you. Some of you, I know your, your, your situation is individual. And I pray for that situation individually as often as I can. Some of you, I don't know. But I pray that God will have his protection on you. That he will lift you up. And he will encourage you. How do we encourage one another? I'm going to show you a little example of how to encourage someone, how to make someone's day. Randy, would you go to the, the piano, please, real quick? Thank you. And there's a song. I know I didn't prepare you for this, but that's okay. I know you know it. See, that's how I can do that. That's how I had the mindset already. And I'm going to ask Gabby, because Gabby's good about helping me with things. Gabby, come on up here. Gabby's good. I, that's what I love about Gabby. She's just so willing. So Now, you know the song, Happy Birthday? Oh. Yeah, that's it. Uh, let's sing Happy Birthday together. All together. Ready? Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday to you. Happy Birthday, God bless you. Happy Birthday to you. Isn't it wonderful? It's her birthday today. And so we can encourage her and, and give her this little gift as a, as to let her know we appreciate you, appreciate her. See, isn't it great? That's how we can encourage one another in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Gabby. Happy birthday, Gabby. See, nobody thought you could put that into a message. <laughs> but that's how Christians encourage one another. By sending a text or sending a call to let them know that you thought about them on their birthday or maybe an anniversary or, or something else. But I want us to consider the Lord's question. If you've been hurt by another Christian. How cruel some Christians can be. I know. I've been in the line of those fiery darts several times. Ouch. And self-righteousness, they often can seem. Many used to serve fervently who have been hurt by others. The cause of Christ harmed by careless tongues. I love it when somebody tries to put me down and encourage me at the same time by trying to use the word of God. They'll use two or three different scriptures. And you're, by the time that conversation is over, your head is spinning. You're like, what just happened? Almost feel like I need to go to a priest and have an exorcism done. Because I'm not sure where I am. But listen, listen. Bitterness has replaced blessing for many wounded believers. It's 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 hard to remove to remove remarks made to you by others. It, you know, once that word comes out, it can't be taken back. And then when they say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that." But I can't help but what the word of God says. What's in the heart comes out of the mouth. 
So if it's there, I want to encourage you to shout it in your pillow so you can get it out and then ask Jesus to forgive you. Don't bring it with you when you're meeting other people. It's not good. I, I, I think I was on the verge of losing my Christianity at work the other day. I was grumbling. I'd never heard myself grumble and complain so much. I even caught myself. <laughs> grumbling and complaining. Thinking, nobody cares about Why am I doing all this stuff? Nobody else cares about it. What's going on? You ever have those days? Yep. Come yes. on. Yeah. Even if you don't have a job, you have those days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why those Kids come down and visit their parents. They're all shut up here. They don't come down any other time except for a birthday or a holiday. But if something ain't going right, they don't hesitate to pick up the phone and call me and tell me, hey, how come my mom's like this or my, my dad's like this or whatever? Healthcare workers know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Family members complain to one another after a, a parent passes. Because this one didn't come around enough, or that one didn't come around enough. They didn't care. Nobody takes into an account how they feel. You see, people handle situations a lot differently than you can realize. And so as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I think there are times that in situations like that, you have to use the influence, you have to use the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to direct you in how to speak. Gossip could have distorted the conversation that the Lord was having here. But have you ever asked yourself, have I failed Christ? Did anybody get up this morning and say, Lord, have I failed you? I don't think anybody asks the Lord, have I failed you? You see, the Bible says to repent daily. Mm -hmm. What, Pastor? You mean I'm going to ask the Lord every day to forgive me? Mm -hmm. Why not? Yes. Why not? I can't remember a lot of yesterday. How am I supposed to remember if I did something bad or a bad thought crossed through my mind or I saw something that was like... You see, I think we as the body of Christ need to understand what it is. When we're walking with the Lord, we have to strive. You understand? We have to strive to be like the Lord. We want to walk in His footsteps. There's no Jesuses in this room. Nobody was born out of Immaculate Conception, okay? Mm -hmm. We're human. Human nature fails. It falls. We're born of a product of sin. And so we must strive to be like Christ. That means we have to walk. We have to read. We have to study. We have to try to get the mind of Christ. Because if you don't, you're going to have the mind of the world, and it's going to be messed up. And let me just tell you, we got a lot of messed up people out there. Yeah. 
right? You probably work with some of them. I do. I work with a few. Just baffles my mind. And then when I tell them, I think you need to go get psychological help. Well, can I come see you? I'm not a psychotherapist. Because some of their thoughts are psycho. And it's just beyond me. I've counseled people where I've just had to say, we've had to stop after 30 minutes of one talking about the other and back and forth. And I just tell them, look, I can't help you. You need to go see a counselor. Well, you are a counselor, but I'm not the type of counselor you need. You see, because I think people who truly want to work out marital relationships or people who want to work out relationships, they, they want to listen. But when they're still in the complaining game, there's nothing you can do for them. You just throw your hands up and say, there's a guy down here, here's his phone number. Give him a call. How many this morning can say, I got up this morning, I stretched, and I said, Lord, I'm ready to follow you wherever you take me. I'm ready to follow you wherever that may be. You see, you've got to be careful when using words like that because God can take you in some pretty rocky places. You see, we have to consider the sensitive areas of life. It's time to face the Lord's question. What is that to thee? When you're in the midst of a situation, what is that to you? Have you turned it over to the Lord? You see, too many times we get tied up in our problems because we're not turning them over to God. We're trying, we got this big mess and we're trying to figure it out ourselves. We're trying to unwind that knotted up ball ourselves rather than turn it over to God and let God straighten it out. God's ways are straight. Absolutely. He knows what to do. He knows how to handle it. And guess what? If you really truly feel like you must take a big active role in it, then I want to encourage you to take the Word of God, continue to read it day by day, scripture by scripture, and take the Word and get as much of it as you can in your mind so that when you get into that situation, you'll already know how to handle it. Because this is the best guide you can have. There's no other guide out there that's more perfect than this one. There's no father out there who laid down his life for you that you would make the right decisions. But as I began to focus on what Peter was focusing on John about, I think God gave him this command, not just for him, but for us. Follow me. Follow me. God intended for us to follow him, not man. Man will fail. On the other hand, God 
will never fail. I don't know about you, but I've, I've read the scripture several times and I've never seen a place in here where Jesus failed. Every time I've called upon the name of the Lord, he has proved himself over and over again. I've never had to worry about what was going to happen because he was in control. I asked him to take the to take the will to, to take care of the situation. And I can walk away with a great relief, a great, what do you call it, a weight lifted off my chest, knowing that Jesus was going to take care of it. Right. Now, it may not be the way that I think it should be done. But that's why when I pray, I said, Lord, let it be your will. Let it be thine will, not mine. Let it be your way, not mine. Because church, when you begin to make it your way, it's going to be a big mess. And it's not going to work out the way you want it to work out. Are you ready to follow him? You know, it's easy to say, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm going to follow the Lord. The second you stub your toe on that chair when you stand up and get ready to leave. Oh, you know what I'm saying? And what goes through your mind? I'm not going to ask you. Because then you'll have to confess. And I'm not a priest, so I don't have my collar on. So I'm telling you this morning. Following Christ is not the easiest thing you can do. When you came to the Lord Jesus Christ and you asked him to be your Lord and Savior, that day began a challenge that you probably never thought you would ever face. You never thought you would come across situations that you have come across because you have chosen to follow Christ. I'm telling you what, the enemy has thrown probably more fiery darts your way than you can ever imagine. He has put more roadblocks in your way than you could ever imagine because he wants you to fail. Remember, the enemy has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus has come to give life more abundantly. Not just any kind of life, but eternal life. You see, church, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to that trumpet blast. I'm looking forward to Jesus calling us all home. I'm just saddened that we can't all go at the same time. What? What do you mean? If the trumpet blast, we're not all going to say that? No. The dead in Christ shall go first. And then those who are left will be gathered with him in the air. But who's following? The field is ripened to harvest. We're supposed to be gathering in the sheaves. But we're too focused on the things that are going on around the world. We're too focused about the things going on in our own families, in our own neighborhoods, in our own towns. And we're not focused on the things of God. 
follow thou me. All that other stuff that's going on out there, you know what you need to be doing about all that stuff going on out there? Giving it to the Lord. You're supposed to be praying that God will take care of those situations. And that's what I do. I pray, God, you see what's going on. You take control of this. This is your business. My business is to follow after him. Leading who I can to follow after the Lord. You know somebody who's not right? Start being kind to them. You know some grumpy old grump? Start being kind to them. And you know what? When you start being kind to them, they're going to notice there's something different about you. And you know what? They're going to want what you have. And guess what? Because you got it for free, you don't have to sell it. You can give it for free. <coughs> right? Yes. Praise the Lord. Amen. Gift. Salvation. It's all free. Yep. He who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. You know... <clears throat> So many times we get hung up with all the formalities of things people should do to get saved. But the gospel, Jesus, who died for our sins, made it so simple. Just call upon the name of the Lord. That's an awesome, that's an awesome thing that we can do. And I'm so glad this morning I didn't have to call you out this morning. Like that pastor did to that lady in that church. <laughs> you did very well this morning. But the question is, how many are ready to follow after the Lord? Amen. How many are ready? I, I heard an amen there, but think about that for a second before you shout amen. How many are ready to follow the Lord? Amen. Well, if you're ready to follow the Lord, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Right where you are, just stand up. Oh. We're all ready to go to battle, aren't we? Yes, if we can get up. So the thing you've got to do <laughs> is you got to put on the armor of God. Amen. Oh. From head to toe, you got to be covered. Oh, boy. So that when you go, you're ready for battle. Mm. Because following the Lord is not going to be easy. No. It's not a picnic, mm -mm. but it is a command that God has given us mm -hmm. to follow after him. Oh. Father, I thank you this morning for each one of these that are standing. Father, each one who is dedicated in their heart to you, Lord, they, they know what it is to be saved. But Lord, this morning they say they want to follow after you. They're willing to do whatever it takes to follow after you. Lord, I know the enemy will come in like a roaring lion. But Lord Jesus, I pray that we, as we stand upon the word of God, as we take the word, and Father, we go forward. Lord, help us to follow after you. Help our footsteps to be straight. Help us to do, Lord God, what you have commanded us to do. 
Let us pray for those around about us. Let us pray for our brothers and sisters. Let us pray for our community. Let us pray for those in leadership. Let us pray for Washington. Lord, I pray that we won't get tangled up in the, in the politics of things, but Lord, we will get tied up in you. Lord, we know that this country can't be turned around until we as Christians turn around. Amen. Yes. And we begin to pray for this land that we live in. Mm. We begin to humble ourselves mm. and pray. Mm. Humble ourselves and pray. And seek you. Then you, Lord, will heal our land. Yes, Father, help us to be servants who pray and follow after you. But Lord, let us not be the one who stands out on the street corner shouting words. But Lord, let us humble ourselves and pray and seek your face. Father, I pray for a great revival in this land. And Lord, that's only going to come when we begin to humble ourselves and pray. Help us to follow after you, Lord Jesus. Help us to seek your face. And we'll give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, Amen, amen. amen. and Amen.